Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece, and as always, here with Samantha Tradilius, although not here here today. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of the internet and uh, the beauty of being able to record from anywhere. We are recording from anywhere today, literally, literally yeah. everywhere. And let's just hope our let's just cross our fingers and hope our Wi-Fi works out. Yeah, and it's but it's a bi-coastal day for us. It sure is, and nobody's and in their normal location. Except our guest. Yes. She's she's in her normal location. (laughs) But I will say this. We all look really great. So good morning, ladies. I mean, I showered and put on makeup. I had to come to this conference. So there's there's that. Tahira, you would not normally always get me with makeup and a shower. So there we go. This is true. This is very true. Also the beauty of no no video. So um, anyway. We have with us today Tahira Nall, who I'm super excited to have you here from LA. Again, only one where you're actually where you're supposed to be, which is great. Uh, you know, Tahira, you um, your your story is interesting, and and you started and run clothespedals.com, but you have so much more behind this, and we're going to dig into all this. But one of the things I really loved about what you're doing is, um, it's really a you, you've set it up as a platform for people who don't normally have a platform to get exposure. And that's so much of what we started Inspired as, to, uh, really a platform for, for women who are doing really cool things and don't normally have a place that they get to talk about them. Yeah. So um, you're kind of our sister in spirit in that way. So welcome. That. Thank you for joining us. Um Again, you have clothespedals.com, which uh, it online multimedia platform, and you're showcasing people, in, trendsetters really in the beauty and fashion industry, but um, people of color who, again, may not have a platform that everyone else has. Yeah. So tell us a little bit how this got started, because this was not your journey that you set out on when yeah. you, when, you know, when you headed off to Howard University, this, is the, this wasn't the goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, And let me just say thank you for having me today. So excited to have this conversation with you. And I love that sisters in spirit, because, (laughs) you know, it's so important to be able to amplify each other's message. And I think we go so much farther together. And um, so it's so very interesting, like I started Close Petals in 2018, because I kind of needed something to channel my creativity into um, when I decided to take a gap year, I was gonna go straight from Howard into law school. And I was like, let me really think about this because Northwestern is cold. I'm from LA. Let's let me let me take a breather. That's a a weather thing. Yeah. Let's think this through. Let's think this through. Let's let's think this (laughs) let's think this through. And um so just in that downtime, I started working in finance and fundraising for a nonprofit and was like, what do I really want to do? Exactly. Like a complete 360 from not only law, like I was going to, you know, go straight into and beauty and fashion had been my passion points forever. Um, so I was like, let me just, let me find a way to be able to still like give in this space. Um, so I feel like I'm still connected to it. And at the time there were so many, um, like friends of mine that I had met while being at school um, that were building their own brands and killing it. And so I was like, I would love to be able to just like create the space where people can reach that different, um, you know, diverse audience that we're always seeking to, to reach. 
Um, and, you know, like when people don't have the social media followers, when, you know, like they don't have that audience or like the sales that they think that they need um, to prove that reach, it can be discouraging, especially if you're just starting. Um, it's so funny. I remember I was going to partner with um, San Francisco Fashion Week for something like they they wanted a stylist um, for um, some show. And I remember the event manager, he responded and he was like, he surrounded actually to like a friend of mine who pitched me. And he said, yeah, she has no clout. She has less than like 10,000 followers. She can't do it. And I was like, <gasps> what? And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I realized being in that space, you know, like how so many of us feel, you know, it's like, am I not doing what I, you know, thought I was supposed to be doing or talk am about I... not feeling seen, but it's also so crazy exactly. that like, that is, that is now the barometer of like, whether you're just going to get a job, which is yes. ridiculous. What's that, what's that arbitrary exactly. number? Like who, who made that one up? And it, that's the thing. Stupid. And that's the thing. It's like, I, and having that conversation with so many people, it's like, you know, as you're trying to grow and scale, you're also trying to make it look like you're already where you want to go. Because if you don't make it look like that, of course, you know, like on this curated content that we post on Instagram, it's like, okay, um, you know, like people aren't going to want to follow my journey or see my story or buy my product because it looks like I don't have anything yet. Well, and, and you're, you're a creator, like you're trying to, someone's trying to get a, a, a business launch They're they're They need to create product. They need to create um, vision ideas. And Oh, by the way, you also need to deal with all your social media bullshit. Otherwise right. is, like, no one, no one thinks you're real. Like right. what? where is the underlying underlying bullshit underscore is like most of those followers, a lot of times they're not interactive with the, the person, you know, so it's, yeah, it's kind it's of like really a an arbitrary number advertisement, which it sucks. Is. It I is. think what you're doing and what you're able to actually do a write-up and, and show like, Hey, this is a human, this is a real like founder, you know, those types of stories, I think really push the narrative of these different brands. Thank you. Thank I like I appreciate hearing that that comes across in yeah right because as we grow like I have shifted even from saying you know like people of color I just, I just hate that term to saying diverse founders because there have been so many different people so many different women of all backgrounds of all forms and facets who have helped me on my journey and whose stories I still want to share. Um, so it's like you see your own growth in you know even like the growth of your business. Um, because I just think that that's so important. And there's so many people who want to help others grow and scale their business. Like that yes. is one of the things it's like, we always feel like we're in competition with someone else to grow. And I think that's just like, you know, like this patriarchal, like societal standard that we just kind of have fallen into. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's like, no, we can all help each other. We all have a different product. We all have a different message. And because we individually are at the helm and heart of our business, there's only one me and there can only be one me. And so I can help someone else get to where they want to go in the same way that and we can all I'm, sit at the table and we there's can plenty all, of room at the pull up a chair, exactly. pull up a chair. <laughs> exactly. And so close pedals has kind of grown into that. It's like, yes, I'm showcasing founders and helping them amplify their story, but also connecting them to those resources. Um, and because I am a stylist, like I have realized that so many of us go from behind the scenes in the corporate world to being in the front of the camera. And it's like, now all of a sudden you're the front of this, you're front facing of your business and you don't realize that you are your product now and you have to be 
that person and have the confidence and and the look to be able to sell it and keep going forward. So being able to, it's so funny how like my clients have all like kind of become like founders of businesses because they're like, okay, how do I really, you know, step into this next chapter and, um, you know, assume this. And it's, it's especially when you are not used to it. No, well, it's, it's totally a, it's a hard. whole different skill set. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think a lot of people who want to have a brand and want to create a product don't realize that there's this whole other side of the business that you're also going to have to own and are maybe unprepared or un, unskilled or just don't have the, the resources to deal with it. How did, uh, how did the name Close Petals start? Where, where did you come up with the name? My sister. Um, I, my sister is a namer. She's a naming like expert. Ooh, I like that. Yes, 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 yes. In, um, and she works in advertising. And I told her, I was like, what I wanted to do. I was like, my style inspiration has always been Christian Dior. And he said, next um, to um, women, flowers are the most beautiful thing. And like, Ooh. I have always loved that quote. Like, it's just always stuck with me. And um, I remember when we were talking about that, like, one day and she was just like clothes pedals and I was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a yes. great name yeah I think it's, it's a great fantastic. name she's in she's in the right line of work yeah I think so too she's she's a genius and I'm so lucky to have her so good so um how are you finding these wonderful individuals that you're showcasing where are they coming from Um, so like you mentioned before, it's like, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes of this. And I also work in marketing. So my (laughs) journey went from, you know, Howard to almost law school, to creating close pedals, to going back to get my MBA. Um, and I went straight into the Estee Lauder company. So a lot of my background, um, you know, is in retail, in beauty, working for these big companies and, So a lot of the people that I meet have been through, you know, the CEWs, through, you know, business of fashion, have been through the different, um, you know, conferences that I've been to, the connections that I've met while even being in these spaces. Um, And as you can probably tell, like, I am someone who has never met a conversation that she doesn't like. So I am always... (laughs) Again, soul sister. (laughs) Yeah. Hello. Have we met? (laughs) Exactly. It's like, I'm always going to talk. And as even just in building, you know, my business, I have met just some incredible people who have helped me. And I'm like, oh my God, please share your story with everyone because you are a resource. And that's really what I want this to even, you know, continue to be. Um, It's like, we can all come here and yes, like share our story, but also, oh my God, this person does this and I need this. Um, because you mentioned too, it's like when you assume that place of founder, you're wearing literally like every hat until you have the opportunity to to scale and and bring on a hire or a freelancer. And it's like, that takes some time. So you're doing everything for quite a while. Oh and yeah, I- you're designing to putting the stamp on the box. Yes. And everything every- in between. Exactly. And that's- so I want to talk about the styling portion of your your focus because you you like us wear many hats, right? So you're mm-hmm. kind of doing a lot of different things, but you're getting to know these folks, but then uh, you're also helping them kind of build confidence and, and get in front where they're so used to being behind. What is that transformation like? And I assume it's, you know, a really in, intense, vibrant relationship that you get to form with these folks. Yeah. I'm envisioning like pretty woman sort of, <laughs> they, I, is that, that I may be way off, but like 
shy little quiet person and you're like oh we're we're changing my fair lady adventure right I you know what am I even close I you know sometimes sometimes pretty woman was wasn't she the hooker she was the yeah but then he cleaned cleaned her up though to put her in front of people I see where you're going with that though yeah thank you it it was a bit of a stretch but you know I I assume that they're I assume they're not all hookers coming to you right right yes that's not what most of them most of them brand founders, <laughs> you know, like not just, hookers, yeah. not hookers, but you know what? A woman of the night is okay too. Yeah. Right? yeah. However, everyone has a personal brand. I say this all the time, whether you have a business or a service or nothing, it's like, we all have a brand and we can all curate that in the way that we want to. And, um, but you know, what's so funny. I'd like, sometimes there is like a drastic transformation, but a lot of people just really are like, I just really want to feel comfortable in my clothes. Mm -hmm. And so many people I didn't realize just dislike shopping. Okay. Wow. See, I I do not like shopping. Can I ask why you dislike shopping? Because I feel like this is going to lead into my next point, but because I just like, I just, it's too hard to find things that look good. I don't even know what looks good. I don't even, I like people. I, first of all, I have no fashion sense. Like I just wear black. That's my fashion sense because it's just easy. But although I do have a color on today, I know you can't really see it, but hey, I have color. Hey, okay. um, and it's just, it's too, it's, it's exhausting. It's too hard. Like it, the sizes aren't, aren't even consistent. So, yeah. you know, you don't even know what to pull off the rack and then you have to take everything in like four sizes to f- even figure out what fit. it's, it's just awful. The whole thing is just, I'll just buy shoes because shoes are very consistent. Like, you know, exactly what you're getting with shoes. Yep. And you know, what's so funny. A lot of people say those same things, like they have those similar pain points. And so because of that shopping can be discouraging and shopping should be fun and it should make you feel good about yourself and you should be like oh my god like I put this on and put this on and I know I have things at home that are already like perfect for me like this should be a consistent practice of us pouring into ourselves like this is one of those ways that we can indulge in ourselves but it's so that thing we talk about all the time with women that just don't they don't respect themselves they don't honor themselves they don't give themselves the time and they don't like to go out and spend you know money on themselves I mean many times like I'm I'm one of those gals like I like to do some shopping (laughs) I like to get my nails painted orange it's fine but but it's like I always say too, like I'll have women come up to I could never do that or oh I I could never wear that and I'm like yeah you could do like women just don't have the self-confidence, I think. And that's, you know, I think a hard part of your job is probably getting that out. Exactly. And it's like a lot of people need permission to feel good. And that's what I want to like erase, you know, out of our, our mindset. It's like, don't we place ourselves last in so many spaces that we're in. It's so stupid. And it's like, and we have to like, literally like take those little steps and start practicing how to put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And so with shopping for me, with the styling portion of this, it's like, I love it because, okay, yes, like I do have an eye. I know retailers, I know fit. And I know that grading scale, it's like, let's just throw that out the window because a Marc Jacobs two is going to look different in H&M. It's going to look different in Forever 21. It's going to look different in Fashion Nova. It's going to look different on Shein because you bought a small and it still hasn't arrived yet. It's like, there are so many- <laughs> You're going to buy a small on Shein and it's going to be a sock. Okay? And it's <laughs> a sock. It's so not that big. 
It's not meant for a figured woman. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, we just have to like eliminate the fact or we have to eliminate the expectation of, of us, of there being something wrong with us when a size doesn't fit. It's like, no, 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 no. Like we just either go up here or we tailor this or we do this, but here's how, and here's how you stop feeling discouraged because you put this on and it doesn't fit or you put this on and it doesn't look good. It's like a lot of us don't even like understand our body. We don't spend enough time with ourselves to know that, okay, like if I have a short, like I have a short torso, wide hips, like I can't just wear, you know, boyfriend jeans and a slouchy sweater, like other, you know, TikTok girlies can, because that just looks terrible on me. Like you have to know like the proportion of yourself, it's body, it's budget, and it's now curating the style. And all of those things, when they work in tandem, like become magical. And I think so many of us don't have the positive reinforcement when you're going shopping to like continue and understand what to keep looking for because either we go by ourselves and we're discouraged or we go with someone else who's like oh why'd you pull that or (laughs) (laughs) or you wish you had or you wish you had that girlfriend with you that was like "Mm, maybe not but at least to say it in a way that's not now feeding into your insecurities and making feel like I can never do this again well Mm -hmm. you're talking about an entire industry that we as women base our self-worth on whether a pair of jeans looks good or not. Like it's, it's stupid. And I say this out loud and it's stupid yet. I am a major victim of this. Right. And, um, it's, it's, it's just, how did we, how did we get here? How did we get here? I I was having this conversation very recently. And I think it also stems from the fact that so many of our favorite designers are men. Like when we really yes. think about it, it's like, Why is yes, that? you know, yes. like, so we're already basing our sense of self-worth and beauty off of something that a man has created. It's like, this isn't even like fully coming from a space that I can completely identify with. And I think that's why like go having this moment and going shopping with me, but with other stylists as well, <laughs> it's like you reclaim that power. I'm like, my thing is always like, don't treat your closet like a luxury, treat yourself like one. So every piece of clothing in that closet has earned its way there. Like everything that you want to go, you want to feel like you can go shop from your closet every day. Mm-hmm. Like that's ultimately the magic that you want to curate. And that like can only happen when you're like, okay, I know I can go in I, into the store I have someone with me who's going to be able to put these pieces together. Maybe I'll like some of them. Maybe I won't, but I know I'm going to walk away with something that's going to make me feel good because I'm going to see myself in the mirror and it's going to be foreign to me. And it's going to be an exciting feeling of like, oh my God, like I didn't even know I can walk away and feel this good about myself because I have X, Y, or Z now hanging in my closet that I can pair with the rest of the things that I have that I absolutely adore. And I know I can go step into this next room. I know I can have this you know, board meeting that I'm leading. I know I can pitch this beautiful brand that I just created in front of these venture capitalists. It's so stupid though. It's so stupid that, that we have a a, a piece of clothes that give us that self-confidence. We are the same person with or without that item of clothing on, but, but we need to put it on to feel like we can step into the boardroom and say what we have to say or do what we have to do. Like it just, it's infuriating actually. 
And I think so much of that for me, and this is why like I give all of my um, clients a little journal and because we start with affirmations, it's like this, you're absolutely right. It's like, it starts with us. And I think sometimes so many of us are so not used to feeling good about ourselves that we need to have those clothes to feel the possibility of how great we even can be and exist to like even move forward to know, okay, like this is the feeling I want to go for, for everything. When I'm doing this, regardless of the clothes, I'm, the, of the clothes I'm wearing, like sometimes you just need like that little spark to be ignited again in you so that you're like, oh my God, this is how I want to feel all the time when I'm, we have talked to so many stylists and you're the first one that I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Bottle it up, girl. Bottle this up because this is what women need to hear. All right. Yeah. This is, this is the narrative that like really needs to be pushed forward because, um, our clothes are our armor and we should be feeling like fierce as fuck would we get out there. Right. And that is the thing I think that women really need to embrace and harness and yes. thank you for doing it. Um, I want to talk about like, do you still have your day job? No. I okay. just so went full time like this year. So this is big, right? I was going to ask, are you like, when was the shift? So you've just done the shift and recently. So let's talk about that. Like where has this been hard? Like to, to not have your security blanket anymore? You know what? It's definitely a security blanket. And it's so <laughs> funny. I remember feeling like I was like talking to my 18 year old or 21 year old self when I graduated college. How was she doing? she's like she is like wow wow you you did it but at the same time (laughs) she was so used to routine and structure and was very hard on herself and very critical about having a next step and I think she's actually so proud of how far we've come because that is that is absolute those are the mindset shifts that I have been making and you kind of have to as you go along this journey, it's like, I realize as an entrepreneur, you've got to just let some things go. Yes. And, and it's like, everything is just going to work. It's like this little sense of delusional self-confidence that you just, like, I try to like, you know, infuse into my, into my clients. Like you just need to assume that everything is literally always going to work out. And somehow in some way, it's like, you blink your eyes and it's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I was looking for. So for me, it's been a great journey. And it's funny how like, you know, cycles repeat in your life because I remember stepping away from college and being like, okay, this is so scary because I thought I was going to go to law school and I don't have a complete next step. And when I stepped away uh, from my job, it was just for, I was burnt out. Like it was just like personal reasons. I just needed a minute. And I remember thinking like, will I take a leave or will I just like go? And I said to myself, it's like, I don't want anyone to put a timestamp on when I have to come back. So, and I, a mentor of mine in my organization, she said, I'm so proud of you. She said, because you chose you. And I realized that I was living actually all of the things that I preach to my clients. Like this is the opportunity for you to choose you in this next step in whatever this, you know, entrepreneurship journey is going to look like for you. And I was like, okay, I need to go through this because I think I can even speak to it even more of than I had been. Um, and that's so important. It's like, I, I it's like, I, I want to know someone is relatable in their journey to me if they're trying to help me. Well, that uh, makes sure. you that much more authentic. Right. And you know, you're, you're, 
desire to go to law school, I think probably is being fed equally in your role now because you you still advocate for people who can't advocate for themselves, right? And whether it's the self-confidence or the building the brand or creating a following or being an entrepreneur and 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 expanding on that, like you, um, you have all those experiences rolled into one and you still get to advocate. Yeah. I love that. I love how you said that. That's uh, yes. It is. It's, it's good. It's very it's, cool. It's very cool. And I think you bring a lot to the table too. Cause it's not just like, Hey, I'm over here talking this. No, no, no girls. I'm walking the walk with you. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing about entrepreneurship and it's one of those things that like, you know, nobody ever likes to talk about it is hard. It is really hard. And there's so many days where you're just like, we've said it before, you like fall down and you're all, your knees are all scuffed up and you just kind of get yourself straightened out and you do it again and you keep falling until you figure it out. Yeah. And so a lot of those lessons that we learn, you know, they're not mistakes if we're learning from them. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing I always remind myself because I screw up all the time. <laughs> and, screw up all the time. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I, someone also told me that it's like, this is a journey. It's not a destination. Yes. And like reframing, you know, even the experience, it's like, okay, like this is going to lead me to another place, Who knows? Lead me to another place to an, exactly. It's like, I, I literally can't see the end of this. And so because of that, it's like, it, it helps you kind of just like embrace the process. Well, you and, were talking earlier about like, you know, you, you sort of have this plan and then you get there and you look back at the journey. And I'm like, sometimes I think we get there and we, we don't even know we're there or we get there and we're like, what, what is there? What, what is, where did I, where did I get to? Like, I just, (laughs) and so I do think it's, it's never ending. And, um, you know, you probably get to see that every day with these amazing diversity entrepreneurs that you get to work with and, um, help grow. How is, how is, uh, how do you think in your experience with the beauty and fashion industry and, and your exposure with the diverse group of founders that you work with, how is, how is the beauty and fashion industry changed with their influence? Because I feel like that is becoming a bigger and bigger part of that, um, that industry. You know what? That's a great question. And I literally am about to pull my soapbox out and start preaching. Do it, Um, it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I love about working with, you know, indie founders, because it's like, this is, you know, really grassroots. We're bootstrapping. We're just getting things together. It's like, it's so much closer, I think, to the founder. And so the mission and the vision are in alignment with who they are. And you see how all of that comes out and shines through in the product and the messaging. It's all very intentional. And I love that. And I know coming from, you know, marketing for like huge brands, it's like you have to fight a lot of times to, to, you know, craft this messaging to speak to different people. And I love that the, founders that I have been working with are very intentional about speaking to them anyway. It's like, this isn't something that I would have to fight for, you know, if I'm brought on as a consultant, like everyone's like, no, 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 this is exactly what I'm trying to do. And this is how we're trying to do it. And sometimes you have to shift how you're trying to do it so that you do reset audience. But the fact that this is like innately, you know, driving even the brand itself, like that is a completely different place to be in. Um, And just, I think diversity in fashion and it is, is a very like 
hazy space right now. I think yeah. we've made, you know, some incredible strides in it, but at the same time, I, I, I fall back on the fact that my favorite designers for the most part are men. And like, how do you, and, and white men, you know? I was going to so, say probably white hail, men, like most hail, male and Hail, male and stale. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> so another industry. It, and so it's like pushing more diversity in that space, I think is, we haven't yet had like a Fenty or a Rare in fashion. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're right. We and I, I credit like there's some really great designers who are of color and who have like made the incredible strides like Virgil Abloh like Louis Vuitton like that is that is big but it was still under Louis Vuitton you know like it's not yep. like I mean Off White grew to what it was but then he kind of like backtracked and still well I'm, I don't even want to like call that progress backtracking he took that role at LV and that was like gigantic and, and incredible for us to see, you know, as people of color, like, okay, you can make it in this helm of business, but at the same time, it's like, we're still like, we're still prioritizing these giant fashion houses. And how do you compete as, you know, a small indie fashion brand? In how this they compete is they get themselves on clothespedal.com. There you go. There, there it is. There it is. And we get the story out to the world. Girl, you are amazing. We are so grateful to be able to share space with you for this 30 minutes. It's gone and by we, so And we like a shopping day in San Francisco. With Indeed. You, like, I feel yeah. as though we definitely need to have yeah, you yeah. up here. Um, everybody else, get out there this week and be inspired. <laughs>